2: Welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we radiate your power with Terry McBride, return guest, author of The Hell I Can't, which I am just devouring right now. such a good book. And we're going to talk about Terry's tools to create new beliefs, which in turn fuel your power to create what's around you. I am so glad to see you again, Terry. Thank you so much for joining me today.
3: Me too. I've been looking forward to this.
2: Me too. Yeah, you've got some amazing tools. And I have to say, well, first of all, your story is so interesting going from, I'll hold up your book again, going from having an injury at like a ripe young age, having surgery, getting a massive infection, massive infection throughout your body, countless surgeries, uh, told you could never, probably never walk, would be impotent, wouldn't use the bathroom like normal people do, like everybody else does. You know, all of these things, which you beat every single one of the odds. And then that story alone is fascinating. But then at the end of your book, well, the second part of your book, you really dive in to how you did that using the power of consciousness, That was amazing. So today we're going to talk about, we're going to take a deeper dive in how you do that.
3: So where do we start? Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about how to create consciousness. The first, you know, your your ministry is about how consciousness affects our life and the choices that we can make about that. Um, And that's what was going on when I was sick. I didn't, I, I wasn't into metaphysics or any of that stuff, but the only book that talked about you can do anything was the New Testament, yeah. you know, and Jesus, his teachings. In fact, the, the many unity, science of mind, uh, creative thought, uh, those kinds of things, they, they all use Jesus as the example of who brought to the human condition the idea that we as individuals have power. That's where uh, uh, Charles Fillmore, the founder of Unity, uh, Ernest Holmes, the founder of Science of Mind, both of them say Jesus did not claim to have exclusive use of the supernatural power he used. And so that's when I was sick, that's where it started. You know, as ye believe, so shall it be done unto you. Whatever you ask for it in prayer, believing you shall have it, you shall have it. And so as, as I began to read those kinds of things, the, then the issue came up is how do I create belief? And right. that's what the tools are about.
2: Well, and your book really talks about that. You're, you talked about um, affirmations and thinking that, okay, yeah, this is good, but I don't believe any of this stuff that I want to put in an affirmation. And how to create a new belief so when you're talking to people about how to create this new belief and you've got this program that i want to i want to pimp out which is everybody wins which outlines this yeah so where
3: do these i'm shutting my phone off
2: okay good go ahead where do these beliefs begin
3: Well, if you're talking about where we get beliefs, we get it from our past. We get it from our teachers, our pastors, our parents and all that stuff. And so as we grow up, uh, you know, instead of just being a child, what we find is our beliefs are all from our past. It could be from a book we read or a a workshop we attended, but for most people, it's about what their parents taught them, what what they learned in school, what their friends taught them. And, And so this idea that consciousness creates reality, most people don't get that as a kid. They get, no. you know, don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't try to be somebody you want. This is too good to be true. It's too good to last. All those Trees. kinds of Trees. things.
0: Trees. Mm-hmm.
3: Exactly. So the, the, as I began to look at this, it was how, and, and, and then I expanded and read other books. I think I talked about the last time we did, my first book was Psycho-Cybernetics, where mm-hmm. Maxwell Maltz says all of your talents uh, and, and something else. And even your abilities are always consistent with your self image. That's, mm. he, that's what he called consciousness. They're consistent with your self image and you can change your self image. And so that was what allowed me to say, I can make a difference in what's going on here. and, and, The greatest thing about my healing after 11 years with this infection and 27 major surgical procedures and the finest doctors, some of them, the finest doctors in the world said, you can't expect to get well. And the psychiatrist, when I told him, I'm not my stuff, I'm not my prognosis, I think I talked to you last time about, he said, you're living in a dream world. You're in denial. Here's the reality you must face. And when I told him to go to hell, he said I was in denial. And when I walked out of his office, he uh, didn't write a really good report.
2: No, I'm sure.
3: Now, the, the starting point for, for my position, when I walked, so the psychiatrist and I had a big argument. And he's saying this is what the doctors are saying. Here's the prognosis. And I was saying, I'm not my stuff. I'm not my history. I'm not my past. I'm, I'm not my prognosis. And, and, and after I left his office, I thought, well, who are you? If you're not your stuff, if you're not your age and your IQ and your college graduate level, if you're not that stuff, who are you? And that's when I began to explore I'm a spiritual being the truth of my existence is that I'm a unique expression of the divine spark. And then that's what allows one to move from that into using the tools of choice to create reality. Mm Because if you start from, well, I'm the adult child of an alcoholic parent, I'm the product of a dysfunctional family, my small stuff and saboteur are always leading me astray, my addictive personality, well, if if you start from that stuff, There's no way you can learn to create reality. You have to face reality. You have to face the reality that you're, you know, the adult child of an alcoholic parent and what that means, or a rape survivor or whatever all those lists are. And what gives us the freedom to choose a new reality is beginning to understand that I'm not my stuff. I'm not my history. I'm not all those things that I used to think I was. I am a unique expression of the divine, a unique expression of God. This is what Jesus talked about when he said, know ye not your sons and daughters of the most high. It's that that awareness of self that allows us to move back into the game of life and have potential control over the game of life. Right. And right. that's where the power comes from, the power to control what's happening. Of course, if you tell that to some people, they say, oh, you you have control issues, don't you? Yes, I do. <laughs> I want to be in control. I want to wake up in joy. I want to sleep well. I want to have wonderful dreams. I want to have a relationship that's empowering and supportive and loving and nurturing for each of us. These are the things I want. And... Because of who I am, I have the ability to create that. Yeah. Because if you talk about your power, I mean, this is what the psychiatrist kept saying. Who do you think you are?
2: Not who I think I am. It's who I know I am.
3: Well, in the beginning, the only thing you know is from your past. I mean yeah. people who grow up in this environment go I know that I'm a worthless SOB and without this, you know I'm going to burn in hell for eternity that's their belief that's their knowing now what how do you change that knowing how do you create a new knowing that's what the tools of choice are about and that's The greatest thing about my healing, and it talks about it in the book, in the beginning, I did not believe, not in the very beginning, when I first had the surgery, I thought I'd get well. But somewhere in the 10 or 15 surgeries into it, what I found was I did not believe I would ever be be able to get my health back. And so that's the greatest thing about my book. It's about my training, is that you get to start right where you are and begin to move to what you want instead of spending your life dealing with what you don't want.
2: Right, and it's about the tools of choice.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So can you tell us a bit about what you mean by tools of choice?
3: So the idea, if, 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 if you're moving from this, this uh, I'm not my stuff, then the next piece is consciousness creates reality. And most people can't start with my consciousness creates my reality. What they can start with is my consciousness, how I hold myself, my beliefs, attitudes, and opinions. They make a difference in my reality. So you just start from there. I may not be able to, to create the health I want, this perfect health, but I can make a difference in how I, uh, uh, how I live today. And then you, so you start right where you are. And, and with the idea that uh, consciousness can make a difference in my life, you may not be able to say consciousness creates my reality. You know, that's a master believes that, but most people don't. My consciousness makes a huge difference in my reality. That now, and then from that, you move to, okay, how do I choose my consciousness? And so that's what the tools of choice are about. But until you get to the tools of choice, one of the questions I ask in Everybody Wins Training is, how how much power do you think you have? Because if you're starting with, I have no power, it's all up to something outside of me. It's not me. It's my, you know, my past lives. It's my, you know, uh, karmic debt. It's my, uh, you know, karma. It's my kismet. All of that stuff is your past is going to create your future. If you believe that, you're in trouble because you have no choice over it
2: right and you break down in your book what the tools of choice are so can you explain those
3: yes now once you move into i I have a choice what's the first choice and what i call that is focus what are you focused on buddha says it in in his writings he says what you think about all day long you become Mm -hmm. and so the first choice is what is my focus what do i want how do I want to wake up in the morning? How do I want, to, how do I want my body to work? How do I want my uh, you know, attitude to be when I go to work? What kind of work do I want? How much money do I want to make? All of that is about focus. What is your choice? And in the book, I call it choice of destination. Where are you headed? Because this idea of taking charge of your consciousness, from my point of view, is taking charge of the journey of your life. And so, you know, we've heard that life is a journey. It's not a destination. Happiness is a journey. It's not a destination. So the, the idea, the first one of focus is, what do you want to focus on today? And what I found when I was sick is that I, my focus was on dealing with my disease. I had uh, draining sinuses where the fluid from the infection came out. So every day I had to clean those, take big swabs. And, and I had a colostomy where I went to bathroom in a plastic bag. So my day was made up of focusing on my illness and how to deal with it. And what I began to understand was if, if that's your focus, Terry, then all you can do is learn to deal with your illness better. So, what if you change your focus instead of dealing with disease, begin to focus on creating health? Yes. You know, creating wellness. And so th- that's the first choice. And, and it's all about what do you want? And again, to start into that first group of choice focus, the, do you have the right to focus on what you want? Do you have the right to focus on making your dreams come true or is that just a pipe thing or are you here to work off your karmic debt or are you here to work off da, 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 whatever all that is so the those first steps of i'm a spiritual being and i have the right and the authority to create what i want then you move into the tools of choice because if you don't have the right and the authority to create what you want there's no reason to go to choice so See how it all fits together in a, you know, if you don't own this part, you can't get to this part. You can't get there from here. It's a story about some tourists who stop and ask a farmer for directions. And after the, uh, the, explaining this link, lengthy thing, the farmer looks at him and says, you can't get there from here. And that's the way it is with choice you can't get to the power of choice and being committed to using choice unless you believe you have the right and the authority to make a difference in your life you may not start with absolute power and authority but you start with some so that's the first choice is choice of focus what do i want to focus my day on what do i want to focus my thoughts on focus Once you get clear and in the everybody wins program, it starts with a dream list. After you listen to the lesson on focus, it says spend 10 minutes today just making a dream list. Don't worry about if you're ever gonna get them or whether you can make your dreams come true, but start to use this exercise to get back in touch with what do I want in my life? Because by the time people get in their 20s and 30s, many times they don't know anymore. So that's the first thing with focus is what do you want? What do you want to move to? What do you want your day to be like? That kind of thing. What is your choice of destination? So that's the first one. Focus. Yeah. Yeah. Now, you want me to just, I, I feel like I'm.
1: No,
2: that's wonderful. No, you're doing great. So right after we cho- have, choose where we want to focus, then boy, that, that in itself is kind of a game changer because, So many times people are just on automatic pilot. We're just reflecting back whatever we see around us rather than taking the wheel and deciding, well, no, wait a minute. I don't have to look at how this is. I can look at it and believe, well, okay, we're going to get to that part. But how we can take that focus and switch it. And we also think that we have no choice over what we reflect on that I have no choice. Okay. Well, I'm here. I am. I'm sick. I've got these drains in my back. I've got this colostomy bag. This is what I'm seeing. I don't have any control over that because that is what I see. And that's what I'm reflecting back, but we do have a choice over this and choosing the choosing our focus. Um, we don't have to, we can choose to see only the parts that we want to improve on right
3: yes and 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 you start little like you say when when you're when i was sick and the drains and the colostomy and the pain i didn't move to i'm perfectly healthy you can't because you can't because yeah, my little voice would go you know, <laughs> and so the idea was Uh, Okay, I have this colostomy instead of hating it, instead of being really angry, I can work with it and irrigate my bowels and all that stuff in the morning with the idea that I'm not going to have this forever. But I do have it now. So there's no reason to be so angry about it. In other words, you take this shift of focus a little bit instead of, like you said, running on autopilot, you shift it a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's what focus is about to, to get, to, to begin to look at what do you want? What are you, what do I want to move to? Mm-hmm. The next choice in creating belief, creating knowing is choice of action because the brain is, um, the goal, the brain is goal directed and action oriented, mm-hmm. um, and so the next choice that the way I teach it is what is your choice of action? So here's the thing that you want to achieve. What do you think you need to do? Which is one of the real exciting things about choice. It's also one of the most difficult because when we're growing up and getting involved in this, what we do is read books about the latest list book, the seven, this, the eight, this, the 15, this, the 16, that, and we always lists from all these other people. When I was sick, one of the things, when I'm reading, starting now to read all these books or more books, what I found was all of these teachers, they didn't all agree on the same list.
2: They didn't. No, it's confusing.
3: And so as I thought about that, because I I spent nights alone in the hospital. So after about nine o'clock until I went to bed later, you, you know, I think about this and write about it. And what I began to understand was, these different authors when they say this is what you need to do to succeed because they believed that those tools allowed them to be successful because it isn't action that has the power it's your belief in the action that gives the action power and that's one of the challenges with people today who run from one list book or one training to the next they really don't believe it. You know, well, I learned this last weekend. I'm going to try it. Well, that didn't work. Well, I am read this book and this is what. And they never go take the time to go inside and think, what do I believe? Because like I said, it's your belief in the action. It gives the action the power. So once you get what I teach people is pick one of these items on your dream list. And I wouldn't pick a real big one at first. Pick a small one. And then, and then walk through all these choices with that small uh, goal or priority and watch what happens to your consciousness as it deals with how do I create? How do I get what I want? I mean, that's what I do. I teach people how to get what they want. Mm-hmm. So after you have the goal, then you sit down and just if I was going to go for it. I'm not saying I'm going to. I'm just saying, if I was going to, what do I think I would need to do? And what that does is free up the brain, to free up the consciousness to daydream about it. Because if you start with, I am absolutely committed to get this, the, the brain goes, oh, geez, I don't want to, you know. That's too big. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. So you just say, if I was going to. If I was gonna go after this, what do I think I would need to do? And you, and you just, every night for five minutes for a week or some period of time, not sit down in one session. You do it over time and what happens is you begin to find out, wow, I have some real good ideas about what I need to do, wow. It's, it's about, geez, what I do makes a difference as I'm looking at what I need to do. Certainly this book influenced me and this workshop influenced me, but this is how I believe I put it together. Yes. And so you end up with a plan of action. And what that does is several things, but one of them, the, the, the big things, is it allows you to break up the, this accomplishment into bite-sized pieces. I talk about it in the book. The first time I claimed Mount Rainier and this ice wall it was just huge. And, you know, as we walked up to it, it was like, oh, my God. And and my climbing partner understood what was going on. He said, I'm going to make coffee. You sit there and look at each pitch, you know, like a 15 yard kind of thing and see if there's any one you can't climb. With my help. And so after doing that, he, he looked, I said, yeah, if you lead here and then I'll go here and then I'll do this, and I'll do this, and, then, and, and he said, that's exactly the way it is. We're not going to climb that whole ice wall. We're going <laughs> to climb that little part and this little part and traverse over to here and then climb that little part. When we get done climbing, all those little parts will be at the top. That's what a plan of action does. It gives people the idea that I can break the accomplishment down into bite-sized pieces that I believe if I do this, there's a real good chance this is going to happen. It may not be, I absolutely know. In the beginning, it's, I, I, I think I can make a difference here. It's that kind of thing.
2: You did that with ditching your colostomy bag.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I thought it was brilliant. Can you walk us through that?
3: Well, that involves the, uh, the visualization and all, you know, all that. When I talked to the head of general surgery and said, what has to happen in my body before you as the doctor are willing to sew this up. Because for me to just sit around going, I, I, I now go to the bathroom the way I used to go to the bathroom. You know, no, I don't. I have two, you know, my colon is cut anyway. So that kind of, so he gave me a list. Before I sew it up, this has to happen, this has to happen, this has to happen. He didn't want to either. No. He was resistant to that because he said, Terry, I don't think you're ever going to get this sewn up. And so and I had to learn to quit confronting them and say, yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you. But if if it was possible, what would have to happen? And that's when he gave me the four things. And then what I did, those the goal. How do I accomplish this one, the first one and set out a plan and set out affirmations and start to visualize And so what I did was divide this, first of all, I asked the expert who was going to determine whether or not I got the colostomy sewn up, this head of general surgery, what do you think has to happen before you're willing to do this? And then I went about creating that. And we can come back to, um, like one of the ideas is visualization. And so I got a picture of a healthy colon Yeah, you know and so i would look at it every day this pink wonderful thing i mean the body has wonderful colors inside of it and i'd look at it and go there's no way mine's going to look like that right it's been no way mine's going to look like that there's no way mine's going to look like that this is that you know i've been using the tools for a while and that's what i kept coming up with and then finally i took a pen in the book i talk about took a pencil and smeared lead all over my finger and and took this pink colon and spread that Pencil lead all over, and now it was kind of gray. And right. then I drew little lines with cross marks, like a scar. Yeah. And drew those all over. And then I drew a picture of a band aid and put it on there, and did stuff. And then when I looked at this old beat up colon that looked like it had just been through, you know, been dragged through the rain by a dog or something, I, when, I, when I looked at that, I thought. I can do that. It it looks beat up, but it doesn't have any holes in it. See, that's what he said. You can't have any holes in your colon that's leaking stuff from your colon into your body. You have to heal all those. And, And so I couldn't visualize a perfect. So I made it beat up a little bit, but it didn't have any holes. That was the key. So the idea here back to, we sort of jumped to visualization, but the idea is to, to develop what uh, I call a believable hope. Yeah. In the beginning, a believable hope. Would you bet your life on it? No. Would you, you know, um, sort of with my friends when I talk about it, I say, I would bet on this outcome. and if, And if I really believe it, I'd say, and I would give you odds on the bet. In yeah. other words, you know, it's that kind of thing. So this is all about taking charge of who you are and how you function. So yeah. get back to, so you have, you have your focus now. This is what I'm going after. Number right. two, I have a plan of action. Like uh, I want to get my colostomy sewn up. What has to happen? And what after several nights of looking at specific, I have to get Dr. Stevenson to agree to sew it up, period. Right. That's what has to happen. Oh. Then how do you do that? Because you can't go in and confront him anymore. Because anyway, uh, he was not Fun. one that took well to the patient knowing what's going to happen. He was the doctor. And so anyway, then I laid out a plan. How do I talk to him? Mm-hmm. How do I set this up? How do I, you know, on, uh, and then so you divide this. I want to get the colostomy zone up. What do I think needs to happen? doctor has to agree to sew it up and schedule the surgery. What has to happen for that to happen? Well, you need to ask him. So you need to set up an appointment, and go talk to him. All right. So then he gave me the list. Well, then how are you going to do that list? And then once the list was done, how do I go present this to him that the list is done? Because he's not going to want to just jump on board. Right. And so you'll see it in the, in the, when I went back in after I'd done those four things, and, and he walked in, and he said, What what do you want, Terry? And I said, I think this is the opportunity you've been looking for. And, and he just went, <clears throat> He wasn't looking for the opportunity. I was. But as you l- learn these things, you learn that you can say things a certain way and it changes the other person. Anyway, so now I have, now you have your, your focus and your actions. You now know by, piece by piece how you think you can get there. You don't have to believe it 100%, you just, but you can start. The next tool is uh, what we call affirmations, choice of mental environment. Yes. Because what you said is key, that most of us are running on autopilot, We think the same thoughts we've always thought. We have the same opinions we've always had. We've got the same positions about how life works that we've had from our past. And so many times these old thought patterns don't support my new focus and my new plan of action. Exactly. And so the idea is just for that goal, how, what do I want to think? Whenever I think about that focus, that choice, and this plan, what do I want to think? And that's what the affirmations are about. It's not I, first person, present tense, stated positively as if the thing you're affirming is already true, because that's that's like sitting in the hospital going, I'm perfectly healthy. The brain is real smart. It says, so what are you doing in the hospital? So, so what? The way I teach affirmations is you use affirmations to support what's going on. So, if I'm in the hospital, the affirmations is the surgery is going to go well. I'm going to come out of the anesthetic. I'm going to. So, I, I I choose my thoughts around what's going on. I've chosen to come in the hospital. I'm going to have surgery tomorrow morning. What do I want to think about that surgery?
2: See, and I think that is so much more doable and so much more approachable than just saying, I see myself in perfect health. Yes. Right? right. But we break it down into, Abraham Hicks calls it uh, segment intending, right? Yep. We break it down into segments. Uh, so you see, all of these people are saying the same things, but it's just which one do you most resonate with?
3: Right. You know, all the people aren't saying the same thing. Some of the books on affirmations absolutely start with, you have to say you're perfectly healthy. You don't break it down. You just you do this and you just stick with it. And, you know, when I look at stuff like that, I just, this is obviously not somebody who's, who's really had a challenge and moved through it. There's somebody who's writing a book from the top of the ladder looking down. Because now at, I'm, I'm going to be 78 this month. That's at now after using these tools i can go to a place and say this is the way it is and have a huge impact on it without laying out plans and doing affirmations i mean because i'm i understand my power jesus right. didn't just, jesus didn't lay out plans and do affirmations and see visualizations when he said pick up your bed and walk He knew who he was and how much power he had. What these tools do is allow you to move in your life, dealing with things that are right in front of you. And by doing that, you get an an experience of how powerful you are. And then once you own that, you can use that power. So back to affirmations. Yes, yes affirmations need to support the the so here's the focus here's the here's my game plan the affirmations are about how do i focus on the game plan i don't do affirmations about the goal the focus i do my affirmations about the game plan about following through and doing what i think i need to do because the belief is if i do this stuff there's a good chance i can get this so when, you, when I use affirmations and how I teach it, I teach do affirmations on your action steps. Support yourself following through with the actions. And then there are some other times when uh, in the book, it talks about when I realized I didn't think I would ever be well. I, I it, you know, I just wallowed in that for a while. Well, crap. And then one day I got, it, it, hey, look, you, you can't stay here. You have to change that. And so I I started playing with it. And finally I got, um, it might be possible for me to be well someday. And when I would say that the chatter would go, no, you're not, this this is not curable. You're going to have all the stuff that the doctors had been telling me for years. And I said, I'm not arguing with that. I'm just saying it might be possible. And add, I remember it says in the book specifically, I remember the night I was it happened to be in the hospital again for another surgery, and I was pacing in my room doing that affirmation. It might be possible for me to be well someday. And instead of all the no, 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 my internal dialogue said, okay, it might be possible.
0: Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org/slash thrive. Did you know
2: that Radiate Wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. We're also a comprehensive holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a coworker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community, on Facebook for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate You, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now... Back to our podcast and back to our guest.
3: And that's when I realized.
2: It might.
3: Exactly. But in the beginning, when I said it might be, it said, oh, no, you're just lying to yourself. And so that's when I began to see I can use these tools to take charge of this ongoing dialogue that's going on in my head. That's what affirmations are about. Choosing how you talk to yourself so now you have this goal it's written you have it written so you can look at it and it's the same goal every day you got this plan of action that's in writing and whenever you think about that goal and those plans these are the thoughts you think and again i talk about writing them down so that what happens is you begin to train your consciousness that when you have a desire, it automatically goes to what do I need to do? And next moves into what do I need to think about these things that I need to do? How am I going to approach that? And when you take charge of your focus, your actions, and your thoughts, you take charge of your personal will. Because you're willing to focus on this, you're willing to focus on these actions and follow through. And you're you you choose your personal will that this is what I'm Whenever that comes up, I'm going to think these thoughts. So you take charge of your personal will. Yeah. In, if you look at the writings or from my perspective, if you look at some of the ancient writings, it said taking charge of your uh, uh, creative consciousness is the process of taking charge of your personal will and your imagination. And if you can take charge of those and bring them together, you are now taking charge of your creative consciousness. And so the first three tools of focus, actions and thoughts are taking charge of your personal will. The next tool is visualization. Visualization or guided da- I like guided daydreams because with visualization, you gotta do this, you gotta do that, you gotta do this and people think I can't visualize. Well, can you daydream? Yes, then daydream and when you get to visualization, if you've used the tools um, and you, you're clear on your focus, you're clear on your plan of action, you're clear on what you thought, when it comes to daydreaming about it, all you do is daydream that you're following through You daydream that every time I think about this goal, I see these plans and I'm following through because this is, and you just just regurgitate your written plan, your written action plan, or your written goal, your written action plan, your written affirmations. All you do is just review that. And when you review that, it makes it real for you. Because the mind can't tell the difference between a vividly imagined experience and a real experience. Right. so how do i visual you know vividly imagine it get it written down what you want get it written down how you're going to get there and get written down what you're going to think whenever you think about that goal and when you have all those written down all you do is go daydream about that stuff play around with it i'm doing it i'm following it oh wow every time i think about this goal these are the thoughts i think Whoa! and pretty quick you're going this is gonna work and when you take charge of your personal will and your imagination. You bring those together. What you do is you have charge. You can take charge of your consciousness. And that's what I did, you know, in getting well, is that over time, and it wasn't, uh, you know, one night. Right. I, I really started using these tools and understanding how they worked about three or four years into it. And I, I, I didn't get rid of the infection for 11 years you know, around the 10th or 12th surgery, somewhere around there is when I really sat down and said, you it, it, you know, it was out of that psychiatrist. Who do you think you are? You talk a good line. You make everybody wrong for telling you you're going to live in a, you know, have a colostomy forever, but you really don't believe it either. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's when I really started using, you know, doing affirmations. I have affirmation here on uh, on you can't see it. It's over here. It's it's written down on uh, you know, and I have it stuck on uh, filing cabinets. It says, as the living, expressing life force, I know as God. I experience myself as the divine, knowing itself. Mm. And so that's where it starts. If I am feeling sad, fearful, lonesome, stressed or afraid, if my thoughts are judgmental, if I'm not in joy, it's only because I am not living as the, the divine being. And so it moves down. And this, so I read this every morning. Start my day.
2: The, and I, I love that you have one in your book, too. I think you call it statement of being. Mm-hmm. I've got so many pages. Oh, here it is. Page 267 of your book. I've got so many pages earmarked here. <laughs> your statement of being. I thought that was wonderful. Do you remember? Would you like me to read it?
3: Well, I, you know, I have it. Right. I, I, I use it quite often. I have my book. I, it's usually sitting right here. <laughs> you know, on my desk. I pick it up and read it. So, I, and, and I have in the back. The statement of being is on page. Yes. What do you say?
2: 267 of the paperback edition.
3: Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. what line...
2: As I move into this time of creation.
3: Go ahead. I mean, you read it.
2: Oh, well, I've got it right here. I refer to it a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I tweak it to my own specific goals. But this was geared toward your health goals. As I move into this time of creation, I feel the power of something bigger than me moving me, supporting and empowering me. I know all things are possible. And as I explore how I'm going to create the healing I desire, I notice this support and acknowledge it. I know that I do not have to figure this out all at once. All I have to do is begin right here where I am and consciously choose to move toward what I want. My life is not one problem after another. It is a right now, a time of discovery and creation. And out of my own being, I feel the joy and freedom that comes with knowing I can create reality.
3: And, and so that's in, in, in the context of the book. That's when I'm, uh, so I'm studying these tools, but I'm still sick. I'm not sure I'm ever going to get well. And so what I wanted to do was begin to create a mental environment, if you will, where all of this could be going on, but it doesn't declare who I am. Notice how it starts in this time of creation and and discovery and creation. In this time of discovery and creation. So I'm declaring this is not a time of where you're just sick and going to be forever. This is a time of discovery and creation. I notice there's a power f- bigger than I am working to support me. I wanted to acknowledge uh, in the book, I talk about that quote from W.H. Murray that says, When one commits, then providence moves too a whole series of events, issues from the decision, raising in one's favor all manner of unforeseen incidents, meetings, and abilities. You know, boldness has genius. Start now. But that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to begin to believe that when I declare my reality, providence moves too. So that's the second part. In this time of discovery, I realize there's a power working with me, supporting me, and I will notice that power and acknowledge it. See yeah. what I'm doing? I'm setting up this idea that I'm not alone in this. There's an infinite power out there mm-hmm. that's helping me. You know, so, and, and, it, and I didn't just write that. I thought, what do I want this to say? What do I want it to communicate with me, to me? And so that's when I began I wrote that. And then, and it moves from that into the tools of choice.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
3: When, when one integrates their focus, their actions, their thoughts and their feelings that come through the guided daydreams, what Mm -hmm. you have done is create belief or more than that, you create knowing. So in the beginning, Uh, I think this might work, but as I use the tools, I really think this might work. And as I use the tools, I believe this is going to work. And as you continue to do that stuff is I know this is going to work not as an affirmation saying that as a statement of the way it is. And that's what you can do when one begins to use these tools and integrate your choices when you integrate your choices, it, it, it demonstrates an integrity of purpose to yourself, not to anybody else. When I integrate my choices, it, it you know, my, my my focus, my actions, my thoughts, and my feelings all are integrated on getting that thing. You demonstrate to yourself an integrity of purpose. That's called faith. You can create
2: what i liked about your process was that you were very creative about things that you could do to create that faith to give your faith support and substance so finding the picture of the work healthy colon whatever but a, a working colon even if it was beat up but it works right? And that could give you the faith that you could create that. There was also, um, a scene in your book where you just happened to see a news report about the seasonal flu that gave you substance to create a new belief. Can you speak about that, about the moms and the flu?
3: there was a, an article so as i'm trying to study how much power do we have you mm-hmm. know there was an article in uh, 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 on the news on the tv news, the news about yeah. these women whose children during flu season all their kids got the flu but they didn't get the flu they took care of their kids they they nurtured them back got them back in school and once they got them back in school then they caught the flu and so they interviewed these, these mothers and said, what happened? And essentially what they were saying was, I told myself, I can't get the flu now. I have to take care of my family. And once my family gets back to normal, then I can have the flu. And sure enough, that's what happened. And so that's, there are things like that that go on that you can, wow, if they can choose when to get the flu and when not to get the flu, what else What might we be able to choose? And what it says in the book is mothers have been doing that forever. Oh, you know, absolutely. Kids get sick and they can't, I, I can't get sick now. I have to take care of the family. So they take care of the family. Everybody gets back to what they're supposed to do. And then the mother gets sick. Right. College
2: students. When I was in college and grad school, at the end of the semester, that's when I got sick.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't have time to get sick now. I'm in class and I've got tests and I got this, you know. Oh, OK. Now. Now so I can. That, and that's what allowed me to decide I'm never going to get the flu again.
2: Right. Right. What Ray,
3: Maria, my lady, my spouse, even though we're not officially married, where she says, she calls me the Teflon man. She said, it doesn't matter what's going on. It just flows off of you. And and she says, and I know that's because of your consciousness over the years that you have this consciousness.
2: Right. A friend of mine who is actually a prayer minister, a prayer chaplain with Science of Mind, one of the churches here in Kansas City, she says, yeah, these things, these things go around and they go around me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And don't touch me.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's like that. And that's what, so using these tools of choice, you know, it, it sounds so academic, pick what you want, lay out a plan, write affirmations, and then visualize it. What that does over time, as you use that, you retrain your brain to look for solutions instead of dwelling on the problem. Right, a growth mindset. Exactly. And so that's what your, your, your friend, this, uh, you know, perhaps a practitioner at Science of Mind, uh, when she was looking, uh, things go around, they don't, they don't, they just go around me. I don't grab onto them. That's her, the way she decided to do it, and it works.
2: Right. Exactly, but it is the decision. It's the choice. It's the choice of choice, right? It's the power—the power to choose. And then I liked how you, and even in your book, you said it was just kind of a random thing that you really didn't really watch the the news or watch the channel or whatever. It was a time when you would not have normally been on television, but you happened to see it. So there was that caught your attention. But then you were able to take this message of, wait a minute, I can. And then I think one of the moms even said, I just talked with that influenza bug and said, Hey, I, I get it. You're virulent, you're contagious, but we're, let's have a conversation about that, which then just this whole thing opened up new avenues of belief in creation for you.
3: Yes. And I could, I began to talk to my, the, the, the you know, bacteria, the, the, the E. coli bacteria. If she can talk to the flu bug, then maybe I can talk to the virus you know, or my bacteria. Um, and what, what you notice in what you said was you saw, I saw that when I don't usually watch the news, I don't usually watch this. I, so what a coincidence. Remember the quote? When one commits, then providence moves too. All sorts of things occur to support you in commitment, in your commitment, that otherwise never would have occurred, all kinds of meetings, all kinds of material assistance, all kinds of television news articles—you name it—it it comes to support you. But the key of that is you—a person has to commit.
2: Absolutely. Well, it's what the Bible says: "Asking, you shall receive." But what most people leave out is asking in the believing, you shall receive. Right. Right. And that yeah, you don't
3: get what you ask for, you get what you believe.
2: Yes, and most people miss that in that quote. Um, but it's also what you know is said, Abraham Hicks says this, the Celestine prophecy. There are other writings as well talk about synchronicity that when we line up that energy around a thought, a belief, a you know, just a firmly held knowing then synchronicities and the synchronicities are there. We just tend not to notice.
3: Well, I have the idea that I create the synchronicity. I, I, because of my consciousness, mm-hmm. you know, this kind of stuff's going on, but that it comes into my awareness, that synchronicity is because of the commitment I made. It didn't show up just because it showed up because of the commitment I made. So I control the synchronicity in my life.
2: Right, right. And being just keeping your eyes and your awareness open to these things that you might not otherwise notice
3: even. Mm-hmm. But well, you- uh, and the way I, th- it, 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 when you commit, then these things come in. So mm-hmm. you could have your eyes open and be aware of all kinds of stuff. But if you haven't committed to this, then it isn't going to show up. So That's right. it's, it's, it's your com- back to what I do makes the difference. It's not just, you know, being open. And I could be, I mean, I understand what you're saying, but where I come from is the reason they show up is because I committed. It isn't because God has a plan for me or the universe thinks I'm wonderful unless I declare the universe thinks I'm wonderful. There's an infinite power supporting me and I will notice this support. So it's that kind of thing, declaring a reality that now the whole universe moves to support you. It's what they talk about in metaphysics when they say the, the whole, the entire universe awaits your command.
2: Oh, there's so much power in that statement. It really does. And we don't, I mean, we can move mountains. Um, the Bible even talks about that, the faith to move mountains.
0: Mm-hmm. Right?
2: If you have even the faith of a size of a mustard seed, that's the faith to move mountains, but it's creating that belief that we can have faith in.
3: Yes. And that's that's what choice is about. That's what metaphysics is about, from my opinion. How to create consciousness. I mean, yeah. The New Thought Alliance has been around since the early 1900s, like 1906, and it's unity, science of mind, divine science. And and what their their foundation is is two th- two principles. You are a unique expression of spirit, and number two, your consciousness creates reality, and you can change your consciousness. Mm-hmm. So signs of mind, unity, all of those are uh, underneath. It is of course you're a spiritual being, but the real key is this is how you change consciousness. This is how you create belief, and thereby create reality.
2: And interestingly enough, in Unity, Charles Fillmore, um, with the assistance of God, wrote the 12 powers of man, which are gifts from from the divine. The very first one is faith. No coincidence in my mind why faith comes first. Everything else comes off of that and create. But where you take this one step further, I believe, Terry, is how to create that knowing around faith it's like we have faith we have faith in doctors we have faith in healing we have faith in the body we have faith hold it
3: it. there's a lot of people that don't have faith in doctors a lot of people that don't have faith in healing so i mean you have faith but uh, i mean we have to be careful when we say all of us you know that kind of thing but Okay, okay
2: fair enough fair enough But there are things that we have faith in. Are we placing our faith in what's where we where we want that energy to go?
3: Right. So that's what you were talking about in the beginning when you said we run on autopilot Our faith, our beliefs, our attitudes, our opinions, our positions, all of that's from the past it's not bad but it's still the book you read yesterday or the person you talked to last night all of that it's your past what choice gives you and i think what what metaphysics brought what i think what jesus brought to the human race is you have a choice so this is how it's been forever but you have a choice you can you can do even greater works than i did oh yes right if, if you understand who you are and this is I mean, if you read some of the mystical writings, this is what they talk about, is that the, the mystics have known this power for a long time. In, right. the, in the Hindu writings, the Vedas, which are the oldest written uh, 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 spiritual tradition, um, mm-hmm. they, they, they talk about the power to heal, the power to uh, uh, you know, levitate, the power to know, uh, heal somebody uh, across distances. But in the beginning, only the masters knew that. You had to go to the ancient mystery schools. The, uh, you know, the Essenes had an ancient mystery school. The Druids had an ancient mystery school. And you had to go through all of these levels before you could get even in the class, if you will. What Jesus brought to the party is, no, everybody can do it. You don't have to be special. You don't have to have gone through all these other trainings and disciplines and proved yourself before you can step up and own your divinity. Know that you are the sons and daughters of the Most High. And number two, you can do even greater works than I do. And it's all about your belief. And so what these tools do In lesson nine of the Everybody Wins program, it says, if you've used these tools over the nine weeks as it's laid out, 10 minutes a day, listening to a lesson, and then 10 minutes a day, by the time you got here, you really understand that you can create knowing. Yes. I know this is going to happen.
2: And that really, you know, creating the faith, Creating the belief, creating the knowing leads to creating the reality.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's what it says. As you believe, so shall it be done unto you. Buddha, what you think about all day long comes about. I mean, it's in all of the great traditions. And so mm-hmm. the real key is all right, how do I create belief? How do I create knowing? And so that's where I talk about, for me, the tools of choice. Focus, right. actions, thoughts, and creative imagination. And you take charge of your personal will and your imagination, and you have the ability to create.
2: Absolutely. In your book, you've got the freedom of choice, why choice is important, right? The choice of destination, where you want to go. The choice of action, what actions are you going to take that are supporting this destination. Mm-hmm. The choice of mental environment,
3: so the affirmations, mm-hmm. you know, choosing what you're, is going on up here.
2: Oh, absolutely, and choice of emotional environment, which Can is the
3: visualization it? or you know guided imagination.
2: I, yes, I it's, for some people guided imagination works a lot better
3: than visualization
2: because exactly, yeah, immediately people oh, can't
3: visualize. Well, it's the same. you know, there are so many books on visualization and they're different, or there's so many books on affirmations and they're different. And so uh, when you talk to somebody and say, taking charge of that voice inside your head and what it's talking to you about, and what it's saying, oh, that makes sense. Or taking charge of what you daydream about. I mean, we're daydreaming all the time. Uh, so, and yes. most of people use daydreaming with worry. They take uh-huh. a negative outcome. They think about it over and over and over. That's called worry. And then what happens is their body responds. They get they get sick. They get nauseous. They The body responds to just what you're daydreaming about. So the idea of taking charge of that is just all that means. I'm taking charge of what I daydream about. I'm taking charge of what I think about all day long. I'm taking charge of what I do during the day. Why am I doing that? Because it's going to create this outcome I want. Being happy, sleeping well, you you know, having a body that's pain-free. I mean, it's unlimited.
2: It's unlimited, yes. So the choice of emotional environment, very, very important. And incidentally, for those who say, I can't visualize, I don't visualize, I'm I'm not a visual person, I say, well, visualization is not necessarily visual. We can visualize with our imagination. Yeah. with your knowing, visual, visualize with the feeling.
3: Well, in the beginning, I, I, I didn't see in pictures. Right. And uh, so the way I imagined things was I talked them through in my mind. It's called auditory digital. That, and so the, but then one day I decided I want to be able to see in pictures. So I just set that as a goal. All right, so I want to be able to daydream and see in pictures. Uh, um, how do, what do I need to do to do that? What kind of affirmations do I have, and what kind of you know? How am I going to daydream this? And 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 so it's it's like this thing I read here. This is auditory digital. As the living, expressing life force, I know as God, I experience myself as the divine knowing itself. That's an auditory. Digital kind of input. But as if I close my eyes and think about that, I can begin to feel the truth of that. And so, anyway, uh, in the beginning, I couldn't visualize, I didn't see in pictures, but now I can.
2: This is what we call the four clairs clairvoyance is intuition or imagination through visual means, clairaudience, which is auditory means, which is what you're talking about here, clairsentience, feeling, and then claircognizance, knowing.
3: Yep. And so, the, and you know, the, those are another way to explain these concepts. And yes. what you and I are talking about, what you teach, is you can take charge of this stuff. Mm-hmm. You can choose, choose to think this. You can choose to, you know. So,
2: absolutely. Um, and then further in the book, then you then once you talk about all of the choices, all the ways to choose, then you talk about creating reality.
0: Mm-hmm
2: and make believe but we tend to think of make believe as one part we make believe we imagine but make and believe so i, I think it's like two separate actions that we put together make they mm-hmm. make belief right and then so that's that's your book and then you've got this whole other program as well The uh, Everybody Wins program. How does that, how do the lessons in that book um, differ? Or do they?
3: Well, the book is about my journey. And the last time we talked, you know, when we were done, I was thinking, boy, that sounded fairly arrogant. But you need to remember, the book was written from a 20- to 30 year olds point of view. It's when the doctor, like if a psychiatrist told me today, you know, I probably wouldn't tell him to go to hell or, you know, some of the things I said, but you have to remember I was in my twenties and thirties then fighting insurmountable odds. And I didn't have a science of mind center. I didn't have anybody that supported me. Mm -hmm. I mean, a few did, but most of them by the time the 10th or 11th or 15th surgery or 20th surgery, they gave up, you know, and Terry's Mm -hmm. living in a dream world. But, um, so what the program does is start off with, okay, so you've decided you want to master these tools. So how do you do that? So that's what, and, and what it does, it moves through the tools in such a way so that you listened, you with the everybody wins program you listen to the same lesson every day for a week they're on they're not on cd anymore they get a a a thumb drive and so you listen to the same lesson and then at the end of the lesson about a half hour long and you listen while you're doing something else then it says for 10 minutes right now do this and the first the first one the action step is so what do you want to be thinking about as you're listening to this stuff do you want to believe it or do you want to challenge it or i mean what do you how do you want to approach this game then you go to lesson two which is about consciousness creates reality and what it talks about do you really believe that i mean here are some you know scholars who say this is how it works do you really believe that then you move to lesson three which is about you know who are you how did you get there and people you know Really get an eyeball that most of their thinking is negative, and that we may be predispositioned genetically to look at problems rather than solutions because that's what kept us alive. Where's the tiger? Where's this? Where's the danger? It's only been a couple hundred years where when the lights, when the sun went down, that we weren't scared of the dark. And so we're genetically predispositioned to maybe look at some of the negatives. Then lesson four is okay if you if you decide you're going to change how do you do that, and it sort of summarizes. But that the tools of choice are focus actions, you know, and then then you move into the tools. Lesson five, focus. What is focus about? How do you use it? Lesson six is actions. How do actions work? Why is it important that you believe in the actions? How do you find the actions? Lesson seven, affirmations. What is choice of mental environment about? Then lesson eight, which is visualizations. It's taking charge of your emotional environment. And it talks about integrating them. And then you move to lesson nine. So you're nine weeks into this now. This isn't a one-night stand or Friday night, Saturday night, and your life has changed. It's every day using these things really easy until you get to lesson nine. And it says if you've used these principles for the last, you know, eight and a half weeks, you really understand that you can create belief. You can create knowing. And there's one part and it says, um, you know, this bears repeating that if you understand these tools, you understand how you can create knowing and that's what it moves. And so what, what happens is people really begin to experience how do I do this? Because the program leads them through that. And most, many people uh, go, go right back through it again. Yeah. They, you know, I have one woman that's a, you know, I coach and she, she has the book on her nightstand. Every night she reads the book and she's got a PhD in metaphysics. And, but she says, this is the finest every, I can open to any page and there's something in there that, and then she uses the everybody wins program. People want to understand this. They, they talk to you about that when, when about your show, The Everybody Wins program, I would go do lectures. People get all excited. I'm going to do this. I'd come back two weeks later and they're in the same place. So that's Mm -hmm. when I decided I'm going to take a year and write this training. And so I did that in the late 70s. And I've rewritten it four times since then. Mm -hmm. Um, It's to allow people to integrate this over time. Yes. That's what the Everybody Wins program.
2: Well, and it does give practical tools, step by step, guided along the way, how to change beliefs, how to implement new beliefs, how to create new knowing. And I have to say, this is probably the most practical thing I've read on how to create a new belief.
3: Thank you. I appreciate that.
2: Certainly. So we can find this all at terrymcbride.net is your website.
3: Yep. Right. Yes, it is.
2: Anything that you feel like has been left unsaid, left uncovered? Anything else you would like to
3: add? What I would like to share with the people who are watching this is there is so much negativity going on on the planet today i mean if you listen to the news or read the papers and stuff uh, that sometimes you use these tools to keep the negatives within tolerable limits Mm -hmm. i talked about that in the book that when I was having surgery after surgery, I, I, I couldn't hold that I'm gonna be well someday. I couldn't hold anything. I used the tools so the negatives wouldn't overwhelm me. And so understand those people who are watching this, understand that you don't have to start where you are and go make your dreams come true. You can start where you are and, and begin to use these tools to keep the negatives within tolerable limits. They don't overwhelm you. Once you get to that, then you can start a little at a time a little at a time but for some people they're just overwhelmed uh, with the mm-hmm. pandemic and with the the crisis of you know climate change with what's going on uh, it's just like they're overwhelmed so you use the tools to move away from overwhelm and then once you get a you know a, a little breathing room you can start
2: absolutely and no. so-
3: So that's why in the beginning, I said, you get to start right where you are. You don't have to believe in these tools. You don't have to believe that ultimately I can make the difference, all the difference in the world. You just need to start using the tools as best you can. And as you use them, you get an experience. Wow, that made a difference you may not be able to say that made all the difference it made a difference and that and which then gives you feedback that says use them use them again and as you continue to use them you get feedback wow what i do makes a difference what i do and then you keep what i do makes a big difference and you keep using them, and it's like what I do makes the difference. Oh, a you know, shift difference. from I make a difference. I make the difference. Of course, if you say that, people go, who do you think you are?
2: Which is interesting. It's almost a way of other people to put their thumb on you and put you down.
3: It is. And, and I mean... The studies show that if a negative person walks into a room, it's easier for them to get the whole room being, to drop down to their level than it is for a positive person to move into the room and get that room, everybody to move up. And that's, that's where some of the ideas about um, genetic predisposition is to be worried about the, what's right around the corner. Because it's only been the last couple hundred years where the people like you and I can, can be positive that the lights are going to stay on. That, but there's a whole bunch of people on the planet that aren't positive. Their life is up for grabs. They're not sure. So um,
2: they can take charge of that.
3: Yeah. So we have to be able to use, start right where we are. Yeah. And, and begin to make a little difference. And then as you do that, you get feedback about you made a little difference. Well, maybe I'll try it uh, over here and make a little bigger. And, and ultimately you move along to, uh, you know, where like Ray, my spouse says, you're the Teflon man. Nothing, nothing, no illness jumps on you. Of course, I hurt my back a couple of years ago and it took me two years to heal it, but. But you did. But I did. Yeah, when no. the doctor said, it's too late, it's osteoarthritis, and because of all the scars on your abdomen and back, it's going to make it worse, and it's not going to heal, Terry. But I'm, you know, older now, and I like my doctor, and I didn't tell him to go to hell. I just said, okay, thank you for, I I didn't even say thank you for sharing. I just went out of there going, well... And, you know, I talk, uh, I just wrote an article for the INTA magazine and it says it really surprised me because the first six months I didn't make much of the headway. I was still sleeping in the chair most of the time because I couldn't sleep on the bed. It was really hard to walk. I couldn't lift my legs up for six months. I, I heal. I, I know how to heal. And so it really surprised me that it took that long to, you know, begin to notice And during that time, I thought, well, maybe you've now reached your limits. Maybe now at 78 or almost 78, all this scarring and all this stuff that they've told you for years is going to come back to roost. And I go, I don't want to go there.
2: Yep. Like that might be true for you, but I am the Teflon man.
3: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) True for me. But there are times... I just want people to know there were times when I said that and this little voice inside of me said, "Bullshit." (laughs) you know, it's caught up with you finally. Cause in the back of my mind, they kept telling me, you know, with all they've done to your body and all the scars you're going to have problems with adhesions, you're going to have problems with this. And, you know, I mean, I've been all my life, most of my life since my twenties and thirties about this is how it's going to go. And, um, you know, I am getting older. I mean, my, uh, and uh, uh, somebody said uh, uh, that you need to start accepting AARC. What's that? And I said, age, they said age-related challenges.
2: Oh. And to that, you said, well, I ex- that is BS.
3: <laughs> well, and there are some things, you know, I went fishing uh, 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 last two months ago. I got a new canoe and I went fishing and I was sitting in this canoe down low, you know, for a couple hours, paddling around fishing and having a great time. When I came up to the shore, I, I couldn't stand up. My legs had been so, you know, sitting in a squatted position for so long. And, you know, so I had to sort of pour out of the canoe right next to shore and then hold on to the canoe to stand up. And part of me went, are, are you going to be able to go out in the canoe like you used to? I mean, I've had one for 40 years. So now I've decided to carry my walking stick, a big thick walking stick so that when I pull up next to shore I can put it there and help me up. I didn't, used, I didn't used to have to do that. Now I do some things to support me doing the things I want to do, like having the walking stick to... So it's that kind of stuff that there, I'm not saying there aren't any challenges or that, that you know we can just poof things away. Uh, um, but there's things you can do. Instead of deciding to sell your canoe, you can get a stick to help you stand up.
2: You can take charge because you've got that choice. Well, Terry, it has been absolutely wonderful speaking with you again today. And uh, I I just really enjoy what you've got out there. I think it's really transformative and helpful for everybody. I want to plug once again, your website, which is TerryMcBride.net. And that'll be in the show notes as well.
3: All right, thanks, Christy. You're doing a great job. I appreciate your work.
2: Back at you.
1: Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at radiatewellnesscommunity.com.